Hi, I'm Brendan, and welcome to Knowing God Better, a podcast where we get to know God through the Bible, um, through different online segments that I read. Um, Today, we're going to be doing a segment comparing the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John off of an internet article that I pulled up. You know, the thing with internet articles nowadays is there's not videos attached to a lot of the information, and a lot of people, you know, it's just honesty, a lot of people are lazy nowadays, and they don't want to have to go to a website and read the information. They want somebody to read it to them, basically. So that's what I'll be doing today. Uh, I pulled up an internet article, and we'll be comparing the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So let's dive right in. The word gospel means good news. And it is a term used to define the written accounts of Jesus of Nazareth in the New Testament. The four widely known Gospels are the canonical Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. However, the term can also refer to the apocryphal, non-canonical, the Jewish, and Gnostic Gospels. These are several accounts of Jesus that are not recognized or accepted by Orthodox Christians. However, The Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are going to be my primary focus. Despite the Gospel of Matthew being the first book in the New Testament, the majority view today is that Mark was actually the first Gospel, followed by Matthew and then Luke. It is believed that Matthew and Luke borrowed passages from Mark's Gospel and one other source lost to history. This view is known as the two-source hypothesis. The two-source hypothesis comes out around the 19th century. Due to Matthew and Luke borrowing passages from Mark, these Gospels are known as Synoptic Gospels. Synoptic means having the same view, and if you read the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and Luke, you will understand why they are considered Synoptic Gospels. John was the only author that actually knew Jesus, and his Gospel takes a different view than the first three. John's Gospel follows a very different timeline and does not share much content with the other Gospels in general. The Gospel of John uses different verbiage and style of writing and was actually rejected by the Orthodox Christians for a long time. Today it is widely accepted and it is the favorite Gospel by most conservative Christians. So below there's a table and I'm going to go ahead and read to you, you know, some of the differences and similarities between the four Gospels. So we have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So we have our first section. Our first section is going to be the writer. Mark is a second-generation Christian, possibly a follower of Peter. The person who wrote Matthew is an unknown Jewish Christian, traditionally the Apostle Matthew. Luke was written by a gentle Christian, traditionally Luke, the physician, and Paul's traveling companion. Writer, for John, the beloved disciple, the Apostle John. Date written, Mark was written in 65 to 70 CE. Matthew was written 75 to 80 CE. Luke was written 80 to 85 CE. And John was written 90 to 110 CE. So that CE that we kept reading is actually common era 
Anno Domino is Latin for in the year of the Lord, referring to the birth of Jesus. CE, the abbreviation for common era, is used by Jews and other non-Christians to refer to the same system of reckoning which has become the basis for the civil date in much of the world in the same way BCE. Alright, so then we have who is Jesus? In Mark, he's described as the healer, the miracle worker, the teacher, misunderstood by the closest to him. In Matthew, he is the promised Messiah of Jewish people, the great prophet, the teacher of the new law, calling people to be faithful of the Old Testament covenant with God. In Luke, Jesus is merciful, compassionate, prayerful. He's a teacher with special concern for women, the poor, and non-Jews and Gentiles non-Jews and Gentiles. Uh, John describes Jesus as noble, powerful, divine, fully in control of his destiny. The author's community. In Mark, it was a gentle Christian community in Rome undergoing persecution. In Matthew, a Jewish Christian community. In Luke, was written to Theophilus. John was the Jews, Gentiles, and Samaritans. Historical situation from Mark is the Romans subdue armed Jewish rebellions, Christians experiencing persecution in Rome. The historical situation from Matthew is written after Romans had destroyed all of Jerusalem. The historical situation for Luke is written when the persecution of Jews and Christians was intensifying. The Gospel of John was historic, the historic situation of that was Jewish leaders banned Christians from the synagogues. Where were these books written? Well, Mark was believed to be written in Rome. Uh, Matthew was believed to most likely um, the Antioch of Syria. Luke was possibly Rome or could be Caesarea. Uh, John is probably written in Ephesus. This table is a great way to see the similarities between the three synoptic gospel authors as well as see how they differ from each other and the Apostle John. Learning about these authors can greatly help us understand how and why they wrote their gospels and what, in the way that they did. In the Gospel of John, John was the only gospel written by a follower of Jesus. The other three writers were followers of Jesus' apostles and likely never met Jesus for themselves. John's message was a personal account of his following closely with Jesus. Therefore, John's message is for all ethnic groups and his whole purpose for writing it is to bring evidence to prove that Jesus Christ is truly the Son of God. Throughout John's work, one will find that John's focus is on emphasizing the divine status of Jesus. This can be done, seen through Jesus' statements, I am, that will be found in John's Gospel. From the very first verse to the end of the book, John's message of divinity is clear. In John 1.1, he lays the foundation for the entire Gospel, and one will find that he continues to show how Jesus is the Word made flesh. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In John 20.31, the message of the entire book is laid out in black and white, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus Christ the Son of God, is the Son of God, and that by, by believing you may have 
life in his name. The Gospel of Matthew. Matthew was writing to the Jews and focusing his works around the ideas that Jesus is the king of the Jews. Where is the one who has been born of the king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him, Matthew 2.2. 2. There were two main reasons Matthew wrote this book. The Gospel of Matthew was written as a message of encouragement and strength for Jewish Christians. Despite Jesus being killed by Jews, Matthew's first message is to strengthen Jewish Christians' faith in the knowledge that Jesus was the Messiah. To prove that Jesus was the promised Messiah of the Old Testament, Matthew quotes Old Testament more than any other synoptic writer. The second reason he writes this book is to show that Jesus truly was the Messiah. <clears throat> he shows this by recording Jesus' genealogy and quoting the Old Testament. A record of the genealogy of Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham, Matthew 1.1. This is... This verse fulfills the prophecy from 2 Samuel 7, 12-14. When your days are over and you rest with your fathers, I will raise your offspring to succeed you. Who will come from your... Oh, who will come from your own body? I will establish his kingdom. He is the one who will build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father, and he will be my son. All right? So, now we move on to the Gospel of Mark. Mark focuses on the idea that Jesus was a servant. This can be seen by his lack of genealogy of Jesus throughout the Gospel. Mark's word is meant to encourage Christians throughout Rome, despite being per persecuted for their faith. He goes on to say that persecution is the price that Christians must pay for following Jesus. In the book of Mark, Jesus says exactly that. Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said if anyone would come after me he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me for whoever wants to save his life will lose it but whoever loses his life for my name's sake will save it mark 8 34 through 35 the gospel of luke luke was known to be an accurate historian and as a result he carefully researched everything Luke approaches his work by making Jesus the Son of Man. He knows how Jesus was a real person and how he showed a genuine interest in people from all walks of life. Luke spends ample time focusing on Jesus' birth and childhood as well as his human traits. The first two chapters are dedicated to the history and genealogy of Jesus. Many of Luke's other verses portray a Jesus that was able to feel human emotions as well as express other human traits. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Holy Spirit into the desert, where for forty days and forty nights he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during these days, and at the end of them he was hungry. Luke 4, 1-2 Jesus is portrayed having feelings as pain and sorrow. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed earnestly, and his sweat was, was like drops of blood falling to the ground. That was Luke twenty-two forty-one through 44. And that really hits me hard, um, and it should hit you hard too, because when Jesus was at the Garden of Gethsemane, he was sweating blood out of his veins. He ruptured 
uh, you know, his uh, blood vessels, his his in his uh, face, he was bleeding, and blood was falling from him. And it's not like he was getting hit or nothing. It's just he was in such stress and such agony because he was having to take the sin of the world upon himself. You can't even imagine how hard that is. All right, definitions to remember. An agreement between God and his people is called a covenant. A testament bears witness to. Can canonical, or canonical, official 27 books of the New Testament. Non-canonical means books deemed unnecessary for the New Testament, separate from the apocalypse. Apocryphia, anonymous Jewish or Christian text containing prophetic or, eh, or symbolic visions that did not make it into the Bible. Theophilus, lover of God. That's a cool word, Theophilus. That means lover of God. All right. Despite each gospel being written in different time periods and in completely different historical situations and locations, they have similar storylines and ideas of Jesus' life. Jesus' character and history is portrayed different in these works, yet they do not contradict each other. The, difference works, the different works complement each other and provide a harmonious, detailed description of Jesus' life. Below, there's a map that I'm looking at, you know, I guess this, you know, y'all don't really need to see the locations, and if you do want to see the locations, you can pull out, most of the time, in the front or the back of your Bible, you'll have maps, and it'll show you where the uh, four Gospels are, were supposedly written, or at least, you know, somewhere close to where they were supposedly written. So, questions. If the Gospel of John was written around 90 to 10, 110 CE, how was it written by a direct disciple? CE stands for Common Era and is equivalent to AD. Jesus died somewhere between 30 and 36 AD. It is believed that the Gospel of John was edited several times in its earliest works and could have started in 70 CE slash AD. However, it is more commonly believed that the final copy of John, the one that we read today, was completely oh, was completed around 90 to 110 CE. Since we do not have a solid start or end date for the Gospel of John, most scholars agree that 90 to 110 is the most accurate as that is when the full gospel was believed to be finished. Another question what is what are the similarities and differences between the resurre uh, the four resurrection stories in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? You can take an in-depth look. Give me one second. Oh, we already went over comparing the gospel accounts and the differences, so we don't really need to answer that question. Are the gospels of Matthew and Luke copied from the gospel of Mark? Matthew and Luke did not copy word-for-word word Mark's gospel, but rather they used his gospel as a reference. It is believed that Matthew and Mark borrowed passages from Mark and one other source. The other source is termed as source Q and is thought to contain sayings of Jesus. Matthew and Mark copied source Q almost to the word, and their content is the same, in the same order. This makes scholars believe that Q was written a written source that both Matthew and Luke could read and reference to while they were writing their Gospels. Let's see, another question. 
did Jesus only preach to the Jews? No, uh, he did not. You can read about the account of the Samaritan woman as well in John 4, 7 through 26. Not much is known about this woman, but from my understanding, she was not a Jew. Later in John 10, 16, Jesus said, I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them in also. They will listen to my voice, and that they shall be one flock and one shepherd. This verse made me believe that he indeed did preach to non-Jews. If you are looking for more examples, you can check out Matthew 15, 21-28. John and the other Gospels will be your best resources for looking at, uh, for more references, as these are the only books that walk with Jesus through his lifetime. I recommend reading the first uh, John first, as the Gospel will have the most references to Jesus' personal life. Among the four Gospels, which Gospel is different? Um, well, if you're referring to which three of the, are the synoptic, uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, are the three that have the most identical information down to the order of stories and the words that they use. John is not a part of the synoptic Gospels, and his Gospel varies not only in verbiage and wordage, but also in the storyline, and contains material that you will not find anywhere else within the Synoptic Gospels. So, another question. Uh, what are the characteristic features of the Gospel of Mark? Mark's Gospel is unique. It's very brief and to the point. The Gospel is far the short, by far the shortest, with only 16 chapters. There are a few other intriguing characteristics as well. Nowhere in his accounts does he mention the genealogy of Jesus or talk about stories of his birth. It is also believed that he does not talk about the events that occurred after the resurrection. Most translations of the Bible contain verses 9 through 20. However, it is believed by most scholars that those verses are not authentic and not originally in Mark's manuscripts. The Bible, like any, like many others, oh, my Bible like any others, this note, the earliest manuscripts, and some other ancient witnesses do have Mark 16, 9-20. Despite being the shortest gospel, Mark follows 40% of the gospel on the passion and the events surrounding Jesus' death. Mark puts more emphasis on the miracles of Jesus rather than his teachings compared to the three gospels. You will notice that the stories of Jesus' deeds or his miracles are told in greater detail than the parts of the gospel recording Jesus' words and teachings. Finally, he presents Jesus as a suffering servant, as well as the Son of God. He portrays Jesus as having all human emotions. Jesus becomes angry, 3-5, amazed in 6-6, six, six, and hungry in 11-12, and limited power, despite saying several times that he knows Jesus is the Son of God. He is by no means only one to humanize Jesus, but he offers the human, most human depiction of Jesus. What are the differences between the endings of the four Gospels? Well, the ending of the four Gospels are basically the same. They describe the accounts of the resurrections uh, and Jesus' eh, and Jesus' words to his disciple, disciples after he rose from the grave. The accounts of Jew, Jesus' words are what vary between them as each account focuses on different interactions between Jesus and his different disciples. The biggest difference between the endings, in my opinion, is the fact that Mark and Luke go a bit further into detail and describe the ascension of Jesus back into heaven. Matthew and John do not 
do this at the end of their Gospels. Matthew and Mark, oh, you know what, I want to jump onto that point real quick too, and that's a very important point. The big difference between the endings, in my opinion, this is my opinion, my personal opinion as well as, I guess, the person who's writing this article, but the biggest difference between the endings, in my opinion, is that the fact that Mark Luke uh, Mark and Luke go a bit further into detail describing the ascension of, ascension of Jesus back into heaven. Um, a lot of people don't hit this point, and even when you're going to talk to somebody about coming to Christ for the first time, a lot of people leave out the fact that there is a devil, and I know that they don't want to give credit you know, to the devil as they're trying to bring somebody to Christ, but a lot of questions get stirred up inside of a new believer when they first come to Christ. And I think that adding that part of the gospel in there, like, it's, you know, all you have to say is, look, the the Christian life is not easy. And the devil is going to tempt you and he's going to come after you. I mean, a lot of people don't say that. You know, they share their testimony. They say, oh, it's going to be great. Everything's awesome as a Christian. But the truth is that the devil's going to tempt you just like he tempted Jesus. And all you need to do to save yourself is run to Jesus and go out that door and go out that door of temptation. Do not, I mean, if you don't even open that door, there's no reason to open it. Just open the door that Jesus is knocking on and let him come in and let him spend time with you instead of letting that, that devil whisper in your ear and letting him talk to you all day. Uh, kick him out of your head because if you can't control your mind and bring your thoughts captive to Jesus, then the devil is going to have a hold on you and he's going to have a foothold where he can get in and destroy you because that's his mission to kill, steal, and destroy and that's all he wants to do. So this is the end of my broadcast today. I hope you guys enjoyed, and I will be doing one very soon. All right, y'all have a good one.